Well, this morning we're I'm following up I'm on last week and the raising of Lazarus. I mean, as I mentioned, that's what really kind of seals the deal um, in terms of the plot to kill Jesus, because right after that happens, um, this is what John tells us um, in the rest of John um, chapter 11. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. The chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin, in other words, an emergency session meeting, to respond to what had happened. <laughs> what are we accomplishing? They asked. Where is this man? Here, this man is performing many signs, and if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. And then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You don't realize that it is better for one man to die for the people than for the whole nation to perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness, to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up to the, from the country to Jerusalem for the ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders to anyone who found out where Jesus was that they should report it so that they might arrest him. Thus far, the word of the Lord. Well, when I was a kid... I didn't have a blanket, like some kids do. Chris actually has a blankie that she still likes to sleep with, and that one of you all made her when she was a baby, crocheted for her. And she took it with her everywhere, especially when she was little. But when I was a kid, I didn't have a blankie, but I had a mouse, and its name was Mouse. <laughs> And I got this mouse at Elitch's. Anybody been to Elitch's? This is, so I, when I was a kid, I went to Elitch's and played one of the carnival games. And I think that this is, at least in my memory, one of the first things I can ever remember winning. And so this mouse was a cherished thing. It was actually just a plastic mouse that was covered in like this felt kind of fur. And the first time I decided that it needed a bath, the fur all came off, and so it was this naked, bare, plastic mouse from then on. But I would take it with me everywhere. And if I didn't have it, it was a huge deal, right? I felt like the world was coming to an end, like I was no longer safe and secure because I didn't have mouse. And my parents kept trying to tell me, if you take mouse with you everywhere, you're going to end up what? Losing it, right? Leaving it somewhere, which of course would happen all the time. I would go to my grandparents or whoever, 
and I would bring mouse with me and I would leave it there and we would be in the car on the way home and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, where's mouse? And we would have to turn around and go back and most of the time, and we found mouse and it all turned out okay. In fact, the way that I finally lost the mouse was we were driving from Iowa back to Colorado and I was hanging it out the window, okay, <laughs> playing Superman with the mouse and of course, what do you think my parents told me? Right? Don't do that. You might drop mouse and lose it for good, which is exactly what happened. And of course, my dad threatened at first to not turn back <laughs> and even look for it, but in his compassion, he did, but we couldn't find mouse in the tall grass of Nebraska or wherever it was that I had dropped it out the window. Well, that's a little bit more um, silly, I guess, in a way, and a little bit smaller picture of a bigger thing that's happening in this passage. And as we come to this passage about the raising of Lazarus and the follow-up from that. It's the only time in the Gospels, which was actually fascinating to me, um, to hear that the word Romans is specifically mentioned. The Romans will come and take what? Our temple and our nation. And so in a response to the raising of Lazarus and the increasing of what Jesus is doing in terms of demonstrating what he's about in terms of bringing life and fullness and completeness into the world that is even able to overcome death, the Pharisees meet and decide something has to change to end this because they were even missing and misunderstanding the way in which Jesus was planning and hoping to do what he was doing. They were thinking that Jesus was performing all these signs so that he might gather a big enough of a following that he might then one day declare himself king and through some sort of revolution throw the Romans out and then they would have the temple and the nation as they thought God intended them to have it. And this, hadn't, this wasn't out of the realm of reality. It had actually happened before. And as, as we know, in Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees and Sadducees and other religious leaders in other places, Jesus kept trying to tell them, will happen again. And so when Jesus would say things like, no stone on this temple will and be left on another. And then when he would talk about it being raised up again and rebuilt um, in three days, he wasn't just talking about his resurrection. He was actually talking about what would happen 40 years um, after his crucifixion and resurrection. And that is the Romans did come and tear down the temple and destroy Jerusalem and left almost nothing unscathed and unburned. And a whole new mode of being had to happen for Israel as a result of not only missing Jesus, but as a result of missing how it is that he was at work and what it is that he was intending to do. It's not enough to do the Jesus thing. 
we also have to do it in the Jesus way. And so we have to know Jesus well enough and follow him closely enough in order to know um, what that means. Because just like the Pharisees, and we hold on to things, right? In big and small ways, whether it's mouse or whether it's an even bigger picture of what we think life should look like on the grand scale. And we hold on to things that often don't help us to see and respond and follow Jesus because we're holding on to them so tightly. And we don't see when God wants to do a new thing, which God tells us in Scripture over and over again he desires to do. See, I am doing a new thing. Another thing that I used to do as a kid, which is actually probably a good Lenten discipline. I, I actually, as a kid, kind of got this. Oh, they missed seeing Jesus. We'd better not miss Jesus either. And so I would actually, every Sunday, look for people <laughs> that showed up. And I would look for people that had a beard, <laughs> right, and maybe long hair. And I would think to that myself, well, maybe that's Jesus. And I would be intentional about going to that person and welcoming them and being nice to them because I didn't want us as a church to miss Jesus the way that Israel did when Jesus came and ministered among us. We, I think, have the same temptation. We so often get so stuck on this is the way things need to look this is what it means to follow. This is what church even should look like. That when Jesus shows up in our midst, shows up even within us, and we miss it because it doesn't look like we thought that it should look like. Because, of course, even my picture of who I needed to look for was conditioned, right, by the portraits I'd seen of Jesus as a kid or in the Bible or wherever it was in an illustrated Bible. And so I thought, oh, that's what I need to look for. But it should be a Lenten discipline for us to ask that question. If Jesus shows up, will we recognize him? Or will we miss him? Are we holding on to something so tightly that we end up missing it? And even more than missing it, um, as God works, the Pharisees intended um, to do away with Jesus, to help end this whole thing, and to save what it is that they were holding on to. And God even used that, as John reminds us, um, even about Caiaphas's, Caiaphas's proclamation as a prophecy of what God would do. God even used their misunderstanding, their misdirection um, to accomplish his, his purposes. And so we need to be willing to examine everything and anything and be willing to say, what are we holding on to too tightly? But we also have the confidence and the grace to know that even when we blow it, even when we don't get it right, God uses that anyway. Um, and makes up for what we lack all the time. 
But the other thing that we need to remember, and I think again, is something that Lent helps us to see and to realize, is that we don't have anything to lose. We have nothing to lose. And so, therefore, no reason to hold on to things so tightly that we think that we're somehow going to lose it. Because Scripture also tells us over and over and over again of God's desire to give us what God has. Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal, and all kinds of other places are all about all I have is yours. We already have it all. We already have all we need and God's promise to give us that incompletion when he comes to renew all things. And so we can live life open-handedly knowing that. Knowing that we have nothing, literally, to lose. And so may we not hold on to things so tightly that we end up missing what God is doing because we're afraid of losing something. Because God's desire is to give us all he has. We have nothing to lose. And so may we be open-handed with all we have as God is. Because the way Jesus wanted to accomplish what he was doing was through his self-giving love. May we not only do the Jesus thing, but do it in the Jesus way. Amen.